Hey, this is episode 41 of How to Be a Steminist. In the spirit of talking about common workplace challenges, today I wanted to address the very common challenge of working in a short-staffed team. Now, a lot of women struggle with overloading themselves with work or being overloaded with work because their teams don't have enough people. And this isn't always something we can control, right? But let's have a look at what you can control and how you can help yourself despite this. This is the How to Be a Steminist podcast. I'm your host, Tiffany, a proud woman in STEM. To me, being a steminist means creating a wildly fulfilling career without compromising your family or social life. Because when you love your whole life, you become a living example that a career in STEM is where it's at. I'm on a mission to equip women in STEM around the world with strategies to take back control of their career progression, navigate those difficult and awkward gender equality issues, and stop balancing work with life and start enjoying it. If you want to learn all the things no one else teaches you about being a woman in STEM, you've come to the right place. Let's get stuck in. Welcome back. I am so glad to be back this week to talk a bit more about this really common workplace challenge that many of us face. Let's not joke around. This short staffing, especially in this current climate, um, that is such an overused term, isn't it? <laughs> this current climate, you know, we, we do face a lot of difficulties in the workplace. There might have been people who have been made redundant in your workplace and all sorts of stuff that we can't control. Now, today's topic is, I guess, a bit of an extension to what I talked about last week, which was the secret to work-life balance. So if you haven't already, I encourage you to listen to last week's episode, either before or after this one, there's no specific order, but both go hand in hand, you know, work-life balance and dealing with a short-staffed team. Sometimes one will affect the other. Now, work-life balance seems to be something that a lot of people want and fair enough, but there are going to be certain challenges that will kind of place the barrier in front of you to achieve that. And I wanted to get a bit more specific with that today. One of the common ones is when your team doesn't have enough people or when there's too much work for the number of people in your team. At every single workplace I've worked at, there have been times where this has happened. And I know it's common, not just in my own experience, but from the women who come to me for career clarity calls. A lot of the time they feel completely out of control and disempowered to do anything about their situation because yes, staffing, unless you're, you know, the hiring manager of your team, the amount of people in your team is not within your control. And when something's out of our control and is unfair, it's really easy to get fixated on that. Think about you know, all the difficulties we're facing and how unfair it is. And, you know, while that is true, focusing on that stuff will stop you from thinking about how you can help yourself and how you can get creative in terms of continuing to further your career despite 
these challenges and barriers that are placed in front of you. Now, if you would like to learn a bit more about how to overcome common workplace challenges such as this one, tomorrow, the 25th of February, Thursday, I am running a free web class for women in STEM and it is called Handle Workplace Challenges with Confidence. So from this short and interactive session, it's only 45 minutes long, it's fun and informal, but what you'll walk away with is you'll learn what happens when you ignore your lack of confidence insight into the common career challenges that women in STEM face and how to be confident in the face of those workplace challenges. And this is something I'm going to touch on today as well. So if you haven't signed up, come along. If you are listening to this after the event, don't worry. I will have a recording of this and all you need to do is to sign up to the Wonder Women in STEM Facebook group where I will be putting the recording a couple of days after. But you will get the most out of it if you come and join live because you'll be able to answer questions, you'll be able to do the activities that I'm going to do with you live. So come along, meet me there and I hope that you can join us. So let's delve into this topic now. What do you do when your team is short-staffed? I've seen this play out in so many of my clients' workplaces and different types of workplaces as well. So um, this is very common in tech startups. You know, when you're in a startup or even a science-based startup, you know, you're short on staff, you're trying to run the business as lean as possible. So one person will probably be in charge of lots of different types of things and sometimes things all pile up at once that need to be done at the same time and this is really common. Another place it's common is in engineering companies. I know this from experience and from my clients uh, reporting this stuff to me. It's really tricky and you know especially in construction engineering the pipeline of work that comes in, you know, the projects that come in, it can vary, you know, it, it can be a lot in one go, depending on the economy and what the government is wanting to fund. Um, it could be based due to the financial year. So a lot of construction works or construction projects get a lot of funding or they need to use up their funding before the tax year finishes. It might just be a booming market for something at the moment. And we have this kind of swell in work at times and sometimes it will be really quiet. So the business can't necessarily just hire more staff for just those busy moments because they know in other times of the year or in other years there will be less work. So they can't actually afford to hire that many people. Now, all these things that I'm describing to you, they seem completely out of control of the regular employee. You know, they all they want to do is do their day job and it is unfair. Sometimes there's more work to do. Sometimes you feel like you've got to manage so many different things. It might be that your company has just gone through a round of redundancies, as I know a lot of engineering companies have done recently because of COVID. There's just a whole range of factors that you 
by yourself cannot control. So what do you do? Here is what a lot of women in STEM will do when they're overloaded at work. One, they might suffer in silence. (laughs) They might not voice their concerns, but just see this pile of work that they've got to do and just keep quiet, put their heads down and keep going. They might also feel obligated to work really crazy hours to finish this mountain of work. They also might put their own career goals, social life and family life to one side just so they can finish this pile of work. This is how a lot of women will react to being short-staffed or having too much work because they don't realise there's another way. There's a choice that they can make. More often than not, you know, if our boss tells us we've got to finish this work, we've got all these projects to do by this date, we listen to them. We say, okay, if you're saying this, then let's get on and do it. Another reason women react in this way to too much work is because they don't want to let people down. You know, we really respect our team members. We want to do a good job. We want to be a good team member, you know, so we want to make sure we're pulling our weight. And while we have every intention of doing what we feel is the right thing to do, working to the bone or following instructions blindly, getting your to-do list done without thinking about any sort of strategy is detrimental not just to you, not just to your career goals and aspirations, but to the people around you and to your organization as well. So let me talk about this for a second. The detrimental effects to you when you consistently overwork yourself is that, you know, if you suffer in silence and don't tell people you've got too much work on, after a while of this behavior, you will seem like you can't finish your work. So it will make you appear incapable of finishing the workload that you have. People don't know when you have too much work on and you don't say anything. They might have a feeling that you might have a lot of work on, but if you don't say anything about it, how can they actually reduce your workload? How can they help you? How will they know what to expect from you and when? How will you set up their expectations for what's going to get finished when? Not only will people feel like you're incapable of finishing your work, you will feel incapable of finishing your work as well. The longer you suffer in silence and don't tell anyone that you've got too much work on, you will always feel like you're trying to catch up. You'll always feel like your colleagues are doing better than you because you can never finish everything that you've started. You can never get things done on time. You might not be able to keep your promises of when things are done or you might work overtime all the time. That leads to my next thing that happens when you continue to overwork yourself is that you feel resentful towards your manager. You might feel resentful towards your team members as well, your colleagues. It might feel like they're not pulling their weight. I'm working overtime seven days a week and they are all, you know, going down to the pub every Thursday and Friday. 
in normal times. I'm still pretending that COVID's not happening right now. but you know, you know that feeling of, oh, but I'm doing so much more work than them and they get so much more kudos. You start having these resentful thoughts about your colleagues and you may start resenting your manager as well for feeling like your colleagues deserve a promotion, but they don't do as much work as me. Why don't they value my work? Now, when you've got too much work to do, you're basically a task horse. You get all these tasks given to you and you're expected to finish them or you set that expectation for yourself. You just get through the tasks and all you do is just complete stuff. While you may start being known as the person who's super reliable, a great worker, if you give her something to do then she'll get it done. That's kind of cool, but then it really starts to stunt your career growth later on. So when you get to like the mid to senior level of your career, when all you do is get tasks done, you start being labeled as this woman who is not strategic. Basically, you have not allowed yourself any time to think about the big picture. You can't help with planning. You can't talk to your boss about strategy and things that you feel could give your team a leg up against your competition. You don't have the time or headspace to be thinking about that stuff because all you're doing is getting these tasks ticked off. This is where you will never be able to get promoted to associate or director level because all you're doing is getting stuff done. Now, I know that you're trying to get all this stuff done to be a good team member and to serve your boss or your team, but this really stunts your career growth. So I need you to zoom out and have a look at the big picture here as well. Finally, when you just continue to accept more work, Your organization has no idea that they need to hire more team members. So you might feel it's really obvious that you're obviously doing too much work compared to everyone else and that your team really needs to hire more people. But if they never feel the effect of the too much work in the team because you just absorb that, then they'll never know that they need to hire someone else. So you might be doing 1.5 to two times an employee's worth of work and your team will never know it. Your company will never know it because you just absorb that. Is that fair to you? You're only getting paid one times employee's worth of salary. Why should you do two times (laughs) Not only that, but you start sacrificing your family and social life, which is so important because work is just one part of your life. Right, so I've set the scene of what I see a lot of women do when they're overworked, when their teams are short-staffed. I've also talked about the effects that it has, not just on you, but also your colleagues and organisation. But what do you practically do about it? I mean, most women will feel completely powerless when there's too much work to do. There's just too much work to do. It's got to get done, right? Well, no, there is a way to deal with it. And here are a couple of things that I would suggest anyone can do if they find themselves in this situation. 
So the first practical thing you can do is to list out all of your tasks and ask your manager what to prioritize. You know, when you list out all your tasks and you know that you cannot finish them within the amount of time set, then that's time for you to speak up. You need to go to your manager and ask them, right, I've got all these things to do. I can only do these ones. Is this the stuff you want me to prioritize or are there other things on my list here that you would like me to do? If so, something else needs to drop off my list. Most women are too scared to talk to their manager about it because they feel like if they go and say, I can't finish my work, it looks like they're being weak or they're useless at their job or that maybe it's kind of showing that they're not as good as their colleagues. But in fact, I know that this is really helpful for your manager to know because it can help them to divvy up the work equally amongst the team. Also, when you're a team manager, it is literally your job to make sure that all the tasks are done by your team. And if one team member can't finish all the stuff on their task list, then it needs to be spread out to someone else or they will need to know if they need to hire more people into the team or borrow someone from someone else's team. This can often be really helpful in large organizations because not all teams will be busy at the same time. And when one team is quiet and they're scratching around for work, if they can't make enough use of their employees and they're kind of losing money, if they can help a team that's busy, then it really helps with their finances as well. So that's the first thing you can do. Go to your manager, come up with a plan of the things you could do within that set period of time and ask, is this the highest priority stuff? If so, this other stuff on my list, I can't do them. If not, let me know what to rejig, but I can only do this amount of work. Some of these tasks will have to either not be done or be done by someone else. This is an example of good communication with your manager. They have got to know where you're at with your work. And if you're drowning in it, They've got to know. They need to know how to fix it. That is literally their job. I can tell you as a past manager myself that there is nothing more frustrating than getting to a deadline and realizing that one of your team members was never going to be able to complete the task in the first place. And if only they had just told me at the start that they've got too much work to do, then I could have done something to intervene. We could have met our deadline or we might have been able to extend the deadline and give our client a bit of warning. But when you keep it to yourself, when you suffer in silence, no one can do anything to help. And also it lets down other people as well. It might let down your client. It might let down, you know, your internal teams. So open up that line of communication. This is how you can start to have some control over your workload just by letting people know what your workload is and how you plan to manage it and the things that you won't be able to complete because of your current workload. The second thing you can do, 
and I really highly recommend this, is to present some sort of solution. So when you've got too much work to do or you can see that your team is overloaded, think about what could help. Think about a solution. So there's this saying of, you know, don't present problems, present solutions. I really love this, especially as a woman in STEM, you know, we love to come up with solutions to problems. So have a quick think, you know, set yourself five minutes. How could you help yourself or your team be more efficient in working through tasks, especially when you're all overworked. So this could come in the form of suggesting that a task actually doesn't need to be done in the first place. This has happened a lot in my own work. Everyone's so stuck into getting the task list done that they don't ever question whether something actually needs to be done or not. And it's wasting a lot of time. So spending just five minutes away from getting stuff done means that you might be able to slim down the amount of work you and your team needs to do. Another thing that could be suggested is that a task is done in a different way. Or maybe it doesn't need to be as detailed, you know, maybe the the outcome would be exactly the same if you wrote something in dot points rather than in beautifully prosed paragraphs. Whatever it is, there might be something else you can do or doing something in a different way that means it's less onerous. You could suggest that a certain task could be done by someone else. So if you're completely overloaded and you've already tried to slim and everything down and made everything more efficient, you could say, look, I can't do this, but maybe someone else can. Or I know this other team in the business is currently quite quiet and I think this person in that team could help. Come up with some sort of solution for your manager because chances are... When you're overloaded, your manager's probably stressing out a bit as well. So they would really appreciate some form of solution to be discussed with them just to see whether that would help or not. And the third thing I want you to do in these times of really busy work is that you're clear with your manager on the tasks that you want to do. Now, you might not always be able to control this. So if a whole bunch of things need to be done and you're really quick at doing something, then, you know, that task might be given to you. But if you can at least voice the tasks or activities that you like doing and you'd want to keep, if some of the tasks need to be dropped off your list, then tell your manager. And tell them why you're best placed to do them. Maybe it's that you're most efficient at it. Maybe it is that you have the most knowledge on this topic. Tell them why it would benefit them and benefit your team that you keep these tasks. Now, I mention this because, again, this is all about taking back control of your career progression. So even when your team is busy, even when you're overloaded, you still need to progress your career in the way that you want it to. You cannot let these periods of overloadedness take control of your career for you. You can't let these times derail your career because 
I know for a fact that more and more businesses are trying to become more lean and the people who are going to succeed in those roles are those who are able to make sure that their careers are aligned with what they want to do and that they have the time and headspace to start thinking about strategic stuff, especially when they get to those mid to senior levels. So in summary... If you are currently working in a team that's short-staffed, everyone's completely overloaded with work, then I want you to know that it is still possible, even in these frantic times, to progress your career in the way that you want to. You cannot just let these busy periods of time be a panic mode where you let everything fly out the window and you just allow your workload to dictate what you end up doing and the career steps that you're about to take because this is the thing that stops women from progressing the most. They feel like they need to just get things done because they've been told to. Instead of suffering in silence, please list out the things that you've got to do that are on your task. Note down the things that you think you can get done in that period of time and go to your manager and say, I can only do these things. These things have to drop off my list of things to do. Or do you want me to reprioritize stuff? Let them know. Open up that line of communication so they can help you make the choices that are going to align with the team's goals of completing a project. Present a solution. If you've got a great idea that's never been done before or you feel like something can be uh, changed in the way you do things so it's more efficient, tell your boss. Ask them if it's a good idea, if it's something we can implement. And finally, even in these busy times, be clear with your manager on the tasks that you still want to keep. You know, when you're having that discussion of which tasks can I (laughs) reprioritize, which tasks can I reprioritize, still tell them, you know, if possible, I would still really like to keep these tasks um, because whatever, you know, how's it going to benefit your manager if you keep them? Now, do you know a woman in STEM who always seems like they're overworked? Maybe they are the type of person you see online on their work laptop all the time, you know, even after hours. Or maybe every time you see them and you ask them, how's work going? They say, it's so busy. I'm feeling so overwhelmed by everything. If you know a woman in STEM who is overloaded with work constantly and you feel like this episode would be helpful for them to take back control of their careers and live a happier and more peaceful life, I would appreciate it so much if you shared this episode with them. So whether that is sending them a link to this episode or sending them a quick screenshot of your phone right now while you're listening to this I'd be so appreciative because the more women we can get this information to, the more who are going to succeed and to last the distance when it comes to their STEM careers. If you haven't already, sign up for free to my web class tomorrow on Thursday, the 25th of February using the link in the show notes. If you're listening to this after that date, 
join the Wonder Women in STEM Facebook group where the recording will be posted. As always, I really appreciate a quick rating and review on Apple Podcasts or iTunes. And don't forget to subscribe because I will be back here next Wednesday with a fresh new episode that I really want you to join me for. Until then, take care. Bye.